Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all we have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editors and chiefs, founders and CEOs, to under-the-radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I want to get to the bottom of how they discovered their passion, channel their talent consistently, and ultimately how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. I'm so excited to share today's episode with Josh Beckerman, aka The Foodie Magician. Josh is a professional entertainer who intertwines magic, mentalism, and comedy around the world. He's combined his love of magic and dining out at restaurants to create his ultimate dream career where he spends every day and night entertaining others in the restaurant scene. In 2011, the New York Times profiled Josh on his talents and compared him to both Anthony Bourdain and David Blaine. I mean, can you get a better compliment? Since then, Josh's career has skyrocketed and he's been in high demand for corporate parties, charity events, weddings, and bar mitzvahs. He's done several TV appearances, from the Today Show and the Cooking Channel, to Late Night with Seth Meyers, and Live with Kelly and Ryan, to name a few. Josh has traveled the globe, mystifying guests and showcasing his mind-blowing tricks with one goal in mind, to make others smile. Without further ado, here's the interview with the one and only, The Foodie Magician. All right, we are here with Josh Beckerman of The Foodie Magician. Thank you so much for being on Active Ingredient, Josh. Honor to be here. A dream come true. We're here at Thompson Square Park, and I could not be more excited to have a magician on the show. Can you kind of give us a little bit more of how you would describe what you do? Well, I intertwine magic, mentalism, and comedy at private events in, in New York, America, and Pretty much all around the world. An international yeah, star. Yeah, I'm international. Uh, corporate events, charity events, p- birthday parties, parties. That's my full-time job, entertaining and events. And when I'm not entertaining at private events, I'm eating at restaurants all day and all night. All I do in life is eat, entertain, and travel. But, um, yeah, and that's why they call me the foodie magician. Not fruity, sometimes fatty, <laughs> foodie magician. So I just eat all day at restaurants because I'm obsessed and I love food and restaurants. I mean, this sounds like the actual dream job. Can you kind of explain what a mentalist means? A mentalist is uh, a type of entertainer that does mentalism, which is the subset of magic, the magic of the mind. It's not like sleight of hand card tricks, more like you think of something in your mind, I guess what you're thinking of. Or it's all mental magic. It's, it's, you should, I, you got to see my show one day. But, it is um, definitely something to see. Every yeah. single time I see you do something. You've seen my stuff, of course. I've yeah. seen your stuff. You've done it to me, and I've seen you do it to people, and it just, it is mind blowing. So I totally get the mentalist. Yeah, I used to, when I, I went to a college called Bucknell University in Pennsylvania, I'm from New York, but I went to Bucknell, business major, minor in film studies. My nickname was the Card Man. I used to do card tricks to drunk fraternity people for four years. But, um, Back in like 2010, I would say, I got more into the mentalism, mind reading aspect of magic because I realized that you can read someone's mind and guess what someone's thinking of in their mind. It's so much more memorable than a card trick. Even though I do, card tricks could be cool. Um, reading minds is much more fun and memorable. 
Totally. And I think that it's just, it makes it so much more personable and it makes people want to have that connection with you over and over again. In fact, the theme of the shows I do is connection. A lot of my magic and mind reading and mentalism, I show how everyone is connected because we are all connected. We're all supposed to be, oh, you and I are supposed to be here right now sitting with each other on a bench in Thompson Square Park. Everyone in the world is connected. Holler. (laughs) So... I feel like this is just such an untraditional career path and it's definitely something that interests a lot of people. Can you kind of give us a walkthrough on how you first discovered this passion of yours and how old you were and kind of a a walkthrough on how you got to this place? Well, I've been into magic since the age of five. My father got me a magic kit when I was five years old and that's when I bit the magic bug and I literally haven't stopped since. Like my, my, there's, I've seen video of me uh, when I was five. Of my father asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be an actor and a magician. When I was five, I just haven't stopped. That's crazy. It's all about um, staying positive and following your dreams, really. So from the age of five, at what point would you say that you actually really did take it seriously on a career path? You said that you were a business major. So were you always kind of doing magic on the side? Or was there kind of like a hiatus and then you came back? No, I've always, I've just never stopped since five years old. In, in high school, I would go around uh, to everybody, everyone, the theater people, the dorks, the jocks, the cool people, the losers. Uh, and I would just do uh, card tricks. Everyone, someone, a couple people started calling me the card boy. Card boy, yes, card boy. And I was friends with everyone. But then when I went to Bucknell, I was doing the same thing that I was doing in high school. And then I, I had my entertainment industry bar mitzvah. I was never bar mitzvah, but... <laughs> I went from card boy to the card man. And, oh. would, and everyone on campus at Bucknell would call me the card man. Um, they would see me uh, on the weekends when everyone was drunk. And then during the week weekdays, I'm, I'm, I'd be walking around campus and everyone would be like, hey, there's the card man. Um, but so I, I've been doing this forever, really. Um, I graduated with a business degree. I said, screw finance. I don't want to make millions of dollars. I want to entertain. <laughs> so I started doing stand-up comedy in New York City. I did all the big clubs. Um, Caroline's the comedy seller, but I wasn't making money. I wasn't really making money at it. So then I quit the comedy after nine months and I start, got a day job in the finance industry. Wait, how my, old were you when, when tw- you started doing the comedy clubs? To like 21, 22. Okay. And so how long did you do it? Nine months only. But then to live in New York City, you got to pay the rent and rent's not cheap. So I had to get a day job in the finance industry. You know, I had this business early from Bucknell. So I got a, I had these temp jobs in the finance industry. Uh, finance industry, nothing crazy, not like um, analyst or trader. I was just like getting people lunches and stuff. <laughs> and then, and then, and then at nights and weekends, finance night nights and weekends, I would entertain at um, you know charity events or, or, or private events. I, I would do do my passion, which was magic, um, at, at, on my off time. And in addition, at the same time, though, I've always been been into food. In restaurants, obsessed with food since an early age. You know, I started eating sushi at the age of three. Does that oh make me God. a foodie? I don't know. Yeah, but um, so when I had this day job in the finance industry, we're talking 2003 to 2008, people knew I was obsessed with food. My, my friends would always ask me for restaurant suggestions. So after a while, I was like, you know what? I should start a food blog. So I started a food blog in 2006, nycfoodie.com. Um, it the, the goal of the, the blog was to give, which was to document my dining experiences, which was daily and nightly, 
and to give people restaurant suggestions. So now, of course, I still I still update it occasionally, but now everything's all about Instagram, instant. Because Instagram is so instant. But um, so that was I started that in 2006. NYC Foodie in 2010. 2010, I was actually entertaining full time. I didn't have the day job anymore. And I Wait, had can the, we actually pause there because pause I there. want to understand what. What was your mental state when you were like, I'm ready to completely give up this job that is definitely paying my bills and fully pursue this? Like, did you have any savings ready to go? Was there like an uh, moment or anything? Well, I never, I never wanted a day job. But again, you, you have to sacrifice to a little bit to live in New York, especially because it's mm-hmm. expensive. So you had to, you have to do the day job to pay the rent. Yeah. But every time I went to work, I was like, what am I doing here? I'm in front of a computer. I'm, I'm an entertainer. I want to and be you out said there. you were there from what year to what year? Five years. 2003. Different companies, like temp- temporary positions. Uh, 2003, 2008. But then in 2008, a couple things happened. Um, uh, number one, I had enough clientele. Well, really what happened was I got mutual. It was a mutual, mutual termination from my last job. <laughs> you well, those, parted ways amicably. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was like I didn't want to be there, and I don't know. I screwed something up. I think I was at the last company I was at. I was at I'm not going to mention the name, but I was at there for two. It was a financial hedge fund. I was there for two years, and I think I screwed up something, and then I got terminated. <laughs> I call it a mutual termination because I didn't want to be there. But and so then I, and then I basically had to and you live were, for work for uh, what did you say? And it was 2008, so I, I, I'm assuming it wasn't that easy to just pick up and get another job. Right. It was not. Yeah, that's true too. But then I was like. I think I, I think actually I was collecting unemployment to be honest. Oh really? Which was good. It was yeah. good because I was able to. But then I also since I had been entertaining on the sides nights and weekends, I had a clientele, so I was able to Pick have. Up. I was able to. Um, I had a little bit of a base. Yeah. Um, to just entertain at private events without the day job, and um, yeah, so that was two thousand eight. Um, no day so- job and. Um, just entertaining on private events, basically the weekends. And then two years after uh, the mutual termination and just entertaining at private events, 2010 is when something clicked where I had this food blog, nycfoodie.com. I was entertaining full-time at private events. And I started introducing myself as the foodie magician. I'd be like, hey, what's up? I'm the foodie magician at, at restaurants or at parties. And people would be like, well, what the fuck is that? Dude? And you didn't have a handle or anything. Like, this no. was just like you were calling yourself that. For That's fun. right. And people would be like, what the fuck is that? Do you do magic with food? I'm like, well, I make it disappear. But now I'm just a magician. <laughs> I'm just hey, I'm a, a magician too then. <laughs> I'm a magician. Everyone's. I'm a magician, magician, mentalist, comedian that loves food. NYCfoodie.com is me. I'm the foodie magician. Cool. Then a year after I started calling myself that, um, yada, 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 the New York Times wrote a two-page cover story about me in the dining section of the Times about this magician, mentalist, comedian. I like to throw in comedian. I mean, I, I'm, the, I'm usually the only one that gets the jokes. <laughs> Not that, true. He goes to restaurants. He's, he guesses people's favorite restaurants, which is my favorite trick. But he's more like Anthony Bourdain, David Blaine. He calls himself the foodie magician. And that, that, that article in the New York Times kind of put me on the national, international map. And the rest is history. And here we are on a bench in Tompkins Square Park, the foodie magician. All right. So can you kind of walk us through why it is that you do magic and what it is about magic that lights you up inside? I feel like it's so obvious to me that it's 100% the reason why you're put on this earth. And it makes everyone around you when I see you doing it so happy. But I want to know from your end, like, what it is about magic that makes you so excited. Well, 
Again, my goal in life is to entertain and make people laugh, smile, and sometimes cry with joy. So I just utilize magic and mentalism to accomplish that. And magic is really, in my, in my reading, whatever you want to call it, it's a, it, it gives you a sense of wonder and wonderment. And it's also awesome because it's a universal language. Because I could do a magic trick in New York. I do the same trick in Tokyo, the same trick in Spain. And the reactions are going to be the same. A jaw drop. People are going to be amazed. And you love it when you're four years old. You love it when you're 70 years old. It's um, It just creates this um, gift of wonder and ex- excitement and entertainment. So I just like... when, And I do it really... And part of it's selfish. I love... I do it for the reactions. I want people to smile and laugh. My goal is, again, really to make people laugh. So if the comedy's not working, I can throw in a you know, car trick or a mind reading trick. And I know that's yeah. going to work because I'm good at my job. So yeah. that's why I do it, really, just to entertain. Amazing. And before you go on stage or before you entertain at an event, do you kind of have, like, an intention before you go in and you're like, I'm doing this for this purpose? Or are you just, like, it's you're ready to go and you just My go? goal, when I... My goal on state when I go on stage is the same goal as when I go into a restaurant. It's the same goal as when I go into a coffee shop. It's to make people laugh. So if I go to Dwayne Reed to buy toothpaste, and I buy toothpaste, when I buy the toothpaste at the cashier, my goal is when it is to make the cashier laugh, make the audience laugh, make the barista laugh. I just want people to smile. I, I like that. to bring positivity to uh, the world. Now, which sounds kind of corny, but it's true. You know, my name is I love Josh. That. It's kind of a metaphor of my life. You ever hear that phrase, I'm just joshing you? Yeah. Well, I've been joshing everyone in the world since 1980. I love that. So you said that your dad was your biggest inspiration, kind of like who got you into well, magic. Well, yeah, my dad, is, my dad is the one who got me the magic kit that pushed me on my path, correct? So did he do magic as a side thing, or was it just kind of like well, a hobby? I'm sure, he got, I'm sure he dabbled in magic when he was a young kid, but he didn't do it like seriously. A lot of a lot of young boys and girls get magic kits when they're young. Some people do it as a hobby. Some people do it just as a kid. I just haven't stopped. Yeah. So I want to know, like, how did you know? Because it really is such an untraditional path. How did you know that you could make it and monetize it and actually live your life doing this day to day? Because I feel like a lot of people that are listening are just like, okay, this sounds like an amazing job in life, but how do I make it happen for myself? And how am I so confident that I know I'm going to be able to pay the bills and have my life well number one you got to stay positive and you can really accomplish anything you want in life you just, uh, the key is positivity and you know nike has a great slogan just do it you just got to do it now there are certain like you got to sacrifice stuff like for instance if you're living in new york you got to you might have to get a day job for a couple years to pay the rent but and then you can do whatever your passion is on the side but if you believe in yourself and believe in, and if you're if you're really passionate about something you can do anything, really. It's all about passion and not and not giving up. And also, you can't like stay at home. Luckily for me, I suffer from a disease called FOMO. I'm not sure <laughs> if you ever heard of it for your, for your listeners out there. FOMO. I, I too suffer from FOMO. fear of missing out. So I'm never home. I'm always outside of my apartment, to, uh, you know, networking and meeting people and eating and whatever. So it's good, it, depending on what your passion is. Maybe some passions don't. Yeah. You don't need to be out, but I'm always out. I'm, you know, I'm always also doing free shows. I'm, I'm practicing my craft. You know, I do, a lot of people like are like, how do you learn? How, how much do you practice? My practice of my craft is by just doing it to people. Yeah. Like when I, as I said, when I was in high school, I would just go around high school doing it. Like that was the practice. It was a lot of, some magicians, you know, practice in front of a mirror. I, I never practice in front of a mirror once. I, I just do it. 
I practice it by doing it. But whatever your passion is, you just got to do it. You got to live it. You got to love it. So with this comedy space and entertainment space, I feel like a lot of times, and I've had this question, I watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel recently. Okay. And um, I've noticed that a lot of the times, and this is why they don't really allow cameras in the space, that you kind of like repeat the same jokes. I've never seen you repeat the same joke or do a similar card trick, but do you ever feel like it's soul sucking to do the same thing or is it just like part of the way that it is and you just get better and better at that one? I do the same tricks all the time. I have like 10 good tricks really, but it's, if it's, if it's a different audience, then they're going to be, if I say, think of your favorite restaurant or think of your pet's name when you were younger, it's always going to be a different answer. Right. Well, some people think of the same restaurant, but anyway, so it's the same trick, but different, um, you know, reveal or outcome. But I'm always trying to evolve my magic and my writing to like, you could think of something in your mind and I can guess what it was like, you know, and that, and then you're like, holy shit, how'd you do that? But so what I try to do is, you know, think of different ways to deliver and reveal what you're thinking about. So I'm always thinking, trying to expand my range and I do try to learn new tricks and it is all tricks. But, um, of course, sometimes when I perform tricks, real magic happens. And the only thing in life we know that's real magic is love. Hashtag still single. We're going to pull through. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Guys, so, if anyone's single and listening, and, hit up and, Josh. And female, foodie, female, females. Though. Females only. At Foodie Magician. He's ready. And Brad Pitt. All right. <laughs> um, I'm sure Brad Pitt's listening to this. Yeah, um, of course he is. Are you kidding but anyway, me? So, but yeah, so it's, I'm doing this. I have like I have like 10 good tricks, but I'm always trying to evolve and think of new stuff too totally so who in the space would you say is someone that really inspires you it doesn't have to be a comedian but someone that you think has their their talent and really inspires you to do what you do well number one anthony bourdain r.i.p he in terms of the food space he really put the food travel um genre tv on tv uh, just this guy who was passionate about food and culture traveling the world he's number one um because what about who on the doesn't magic want, side? on the magic side? Um, well, now your list. There's a couple, there's there's some great magician mentalists out there. There's one mentalist um, that I like. He's in London. His name is Darren Brown. I, if you don't know him, you should YouTube go YouTube him. He for me is the best theatrical mentalist. He does great stage shows. All his stuff's on YouTube. Okay, I think he's got a show too on Netflix now. Um, that that but um, his live shows are amazing. Darren Brown is great. Um, David Blaine, uh, when I saw him when I was 17 years old, I saw his first TV special. Um, I was like, you know, I was into magic then. So I was like, wow, this guy's great. And then I, th- and I saw d- him do one trick. I was like, oh my God, I can do that. So he, in terms of magic on TV, he's a good inspiration. And ironically enough, I was at a wedding with him last week, talked to him for a little bit, but it was amazing. It wasn't. Actually, it wasn't as amazing as I thought, but we were talking really? about it. He, he just asked what my favorite sushi restaurant was. I said, I love sushi, so. And he said he was there the night before, and I said, I'm going Wednesday. I said, yeah, I just eat all day. And he goes, I think I got you beat in the eating department. And I'm like, really, no. David? And he, goes, no and, he, and he said, look at me, because he was a little plump. But uh, <laughs> but David Blaine, I respect. I respect a lot. I'm not really into the stunts. I mean, throwing up frogs is cool, standing on towers and freezing yourself is cool, but that's not my style. But I do respect how he really started. I mean, David Copperfield was a great TV magician. David Blaine really got the, did the street magic on TV. So I respect his, uh, his, uh, the way he got magic, uh, to the public. It was yeah. cool. 
So did you have any sort of mentor? Because I feel like you have the no. passion. Let me just start with that. No mentors. I'm self-taught. Magicians and mentalists go to magic stores. You buy, where you go online, you buy books, you buy DVDs, you can watch lectures from magicians. I learned techniques from different sources, be it books. I don't get DVDs anymore. I used to get DVDs. Now it's all, everything's online. So I just take techniques I learned from different sources and create my own stuff. I have zero mentors. I'm all self-taught. Wow. That's very, very impressive. So without a mentor in the ma- magic space... Do you have any mentors in the financials? I feel like you do have that. You have the, in the, the magic in the financial space. Like how did you mentors in the financial space? Yeah. What do you mean? So hear me out. I feel like you have the magic side down packed. That's right. How do you go from doing it for fun as a side thing when you have a steady job to figuring out how to monetize it and creating a steady flow of income? Oh, what? that's a, that's a deeper question than you think. That's a great question. Cause it is, I am a business. I am incorporated. Because I feel like a lot of people have the passion, but then they don't really know how to change that into something that's sustainable and something that they can do on the day-to-day. So how did you kind of go, like, make well, the leap from... I, yeah, that's a great question because, you know, I when I first started out, I was probably getting, like, $350 an hour for a show. Now I'm getting... Well, I don't want to tell you how much I get, <laughs> but I get much more. I get, like, big appearance fees now. So yeah. to go... You, you got to start somewhere, though. You got to start... You know, you, know, I, I, you also got to start doing some start by doing shows for free well in the magic space you gotta gotta do free stuff because yeah. but it's all it's all about networking and, and having um big clients with big budgets but um what i did was i would also i would see what other the people doing the similar stuff that i was doing i, I would number one see how much they were charging yeah you gotta do a little research and yeah. due diligence um i would also back in 2000 uh when i was starting out probably in the early 2000s i was Dealing, working with a lot of event planners mm-hmm. that would book me out for events, and so they would take a cut. Now I don't. Now I now I do everything. Get more of the stuff through myself, really. But um, um, and word of mouth. But um, was there anyone that was kind of like helping you, or everything was kind of self taught? A lot of people helped me out. A lot of the event. A lot of I would work with a lot of event planners and entertainment companies that would find the gigs for me. Yeah, and then um. And then they would, and then I, okay. they would hire me. Like, so no like, for like, yeah. there would be a bar mitzvah that, that a bar mitzvah, a client would hire an entertainment company, that and they they would like have games and and a DJ and they oh we want a magician. So the, it's a, so I started out dealing working with a lot of entertainment companies, doing a lot of charity events, but um, to so that's the key in my realm. That's the key doing doing first of all doing a lot of events and working with companies that cater to your that needed your services really. But to, to, to do it full time, you really got to see, you got to really do research and see what other people are charging. Yeah. That being, so that being said, you're, you're, you're worth as much as people are willing to pay. That's another key thing. Yeah. Because if someone's willing to pay you $50,000, that means you're worth $50,000. Yeah. Now, do I get $50,000 a show? No. Do I want that? Sure. But, um, would I take less than that? Of course. But. You're really worth whatever someone's willing to pay, and people are willing. There's there's a lot of money out there, by the way. Not everyone, and also a lot of people, a lot of big companies also have budgets too. So yeah, you gotta totally. gotta pick and choose. Totally. So, is there anything that you would tell your younger self before having started this whole career path that could have helped you out, or do you feel like everything kind of happened the way that it should have? Well, my philosophy in life is everything happens for a reason, works out for the best. It's all meant to be. Live life to the fullest. Live for the moment. Awesome. Everything pushes you on your path. So it's all learning experience anyways. So you got to, 
You got to take the, I used to think you got to take the, the good with the bad, the bad with the good. But for me, there's no bad. It's all good and all positives because everything pushes you in your path. So, I agree. but, but, um, I mean, it's all a learning experience. So no, I wouldn't change a thing to be honest. Amazing. And then I always close the show with one other question called what is your active ingredient as in actually, what is your active ingredient? I feel like you're figurative active ingredient is to make people happy and entertain yes but what is your literal active ingredient as in like is it a donut is it coffee is it mock like what is it that gets you going every single day oh cold brew iced coffee from where great and uh (laughs) and i and i love i love a lot of coffee shops but my favorite coffee shop in the world is is on 7th street and first avenue in the east village called abraso a-b-r-a-c-o means hug in portuguese um which is interesting and Um, spanish abraso oh yeah and um, I love their cold brew. It's very strong. It's, a, it's very strong. you got to like strong coffee. Um, their pastries are amazing. It's owned by this cute couple, Liz and Jamie. They have two kids. One's like five or six. The other's like one or two. There's a little amount that I'm not that good at math, so I don't know. But, um, <laughs> they're just walking around. and She's walking around with the kid in her arms, baking these olive oil cake and yeah. awesome pastries. And I go there every day except for Mondays when they're closed. Um, and I drink my cold, cold brew coffee. Around so I'm also cold brew coffee. That, that's my active ingredient. It gets me going for the day. Sometimes I have to. And then I'm ready to, uh, I'm all charged up and ready to entertain. I love and it. Eat. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. And honestly, thank you so much for what you do because I feel like the world definitely needs it. And don't forget to follow at Foodie Magician on Instagram. Daddy needs more followers. That is correct. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a second to rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient. See you guys next time.